Welcome back to the Fireside Freedom Chat, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight we are just having a kind of a roundtable discussion, more of a uh, get-to-know-you style of chat. I'm joined by Nate and Aaron from Two Chicks Homestead, by Thesia from Ellis Family Farms, uh, Carrie from Strong Roots Resources, and I'm Ken from the Constructive Liberty Podcast. So, Guys, gals, what have y'all been doing the last week or two? It's been a while since I've actually been on the podcast. What have y'all been up to lately to uh, create a little more freedom in your life? Nate, Aaron, y'all want to jump in on that one? Well, um, I spent last weekend hunting, uh, brought home a uh, decent-sized buck. Um, nice. So fill up the freezer a little bit. Aaron got the help with uh, processing the meat, and then... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of that, and then uh, spent a couple hours working in the shed uh, trying to get the rabbits in there, so getting close to finishing up that process. So. Awesome, awesome. How about you, Thesia? I <clears throat> was running my butt off and working day and night trying to figure out how to do a speech and get together some stuff because I had that booth that uh i did my stuff and i sold another lady's stuff which that was cool but even while i was there i wanted to see all you guys and do stuff and listen to things but then i had to run back to my booth and it kind of i guess it kind of fit the mood i was in anyway just like running through every once in a while but i but i got to see parts of everyone you know all y'all speech important people anyway <laughs> and i was man i was wound up tired eight day clock trying to to get ready for the speech and then afterward you know how it is afterward you just go you know <laughs> but, crash yeah yeah because I, I had been nervous for literally a month over that thing because i was revealing some really kind of touchy stuff and i thought oh i hope they don't throw tomatoes at me <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, wait, nobody has tomatoes anymore so maybe i'll be safe but yeah that was a wonderful thing and and uh yeah driving up of course you got it when you're the one that runs everything you got to make sure that the kids have food. The animals have food. Make sure that everybody knows how to feed the animals and feed themselves and come back home. And they did pretty good. I didn't have to do too much uh, to recover the house when I got back. And that was good. That's great. Tell, tell us where there was, where you did that speech and all of that. Did, did you mention that? Or maybe I just didn't Probably catch not. <laughs> I went to the Self-Reliance Festival and saw Jack Spearco and Nicole Sauce and John Willis and, and Ken Esch and uh, Toolman Tim and and uh, Carrie Brown. Who else did we see? Oh, my goodness. Oh, and Brian, is it Alexevich? Is that how you pronounce it? I think you and got it right. Beautiful. And his beautiful wife, Corey. Oh, my gosh. She has the sweetest smile ever. I just loved her. Gary, how about you? So I spent the week uh, prior to last weekend getting ready to be out of town. So stacking up some jobs, earning the money, and getting everything prepped so that my wife could look after stuff while I was away. And then out at Self-Reliance, uh, the main goal was to uh, run, help run the information booth with my buddy Don, um, selling t-shirts, selling, uh, not so much selling as giving out uh, information cards for people to fill out. It looks like that was uh, relatively successful. The idea was that people would have a card with their basic info on it, including what they want to learn and what they can teach. And then when they found somebody they wanted to connect with and stay in touch with, they could just take turns snapping photos of each other's cards 
and help facilitate, you know, maintaining those connections. Cause I think we're all a little bad about going to stuff like this, doing the shake and howdy with a whole bunch of cool people, but only remembering one or two names and not having contact info. So y'all remember names. I really try. <laughs> really, really I try to ask the truth. <laughs> I'm terrible. My wife always shakes her head. She's like, you remember all the people you talk to and you don't remember, but like one or two names, like, well, and they're what's probably different, different than their screen names too, where it's like, what's your whole name? Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, you go by that? like something, something anarchist and, and you're actually like some weird random name. <laughs> it might be easier to remember if it's a strange name. I've, I've kind of built in an issue of my own because that, because if I ask you what your name is, you're going to want to know what mine is. And with having an odd name, it turns it turns into a thing. So I try. I just don't even ask people's names. I I need to do better at remembering. I'm honestly working on it, and I'm remembering a few names here and there. But it's uh, definitely not as good as it should be. My wife is fantastic. I like to drag her around the places with me so that I have a built-in or a a drag along memory bank that, that catalogs all the names. So <laughs> that works out pretty well. Um, what I've been up to the last uh, week or so I've today, actually, I finally finished up a, an ongoing project that has been looming over my head, like a great big ax about to chop my head off. And it's, I've been feeling the, the pressure from it. And so it's finally good to get that done so I can, move on to some other projects and do some billing and that that'll be nice um i too was at the self-reliance festival i gave my first ever public speech or presentation which was kind of cool kind of fun but uh, maybe maybe we'll have another one in there i'm not sure but um yeah i don't know anything before we jump into the the main topic or uh, which i guess is kind of just a round table of a bunch of questions y'all guys have anything you want to discuss or any thoughts that's been on your mind lately? Nope. Not really? No? Okay. Well, okay. First thing I got, I just threw threw together a bunch of questions just to kind of help us get to know each other, help the audience get to know us. And um, I don't know, maybe some good discussions will come out of this. First two questions I have are, where did you grow up and where do you live now? And kind of what led you? to to that place let's just go around uh clockwise how'd you take that one first uh illinois and <laughs> illinois <laughs> same Probably, place in illinois or did you did you move no, around at like all 30 miles away yeah okay yeah I'm, I'm probably about 20 25 miles for a little while i lived downtown chicago but now i'm out in the we're out in the cornfields we back up to 400 acres of corn so we're out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, Brian's commenting on the buck that we were talking about earlier. Hey, Hawkins is joining us. Here we go. Yeah, hey, Hawkins. Yeah. We're just jumping into uh, the first couple of questions here. Where you where you grew up and where do you live now? Um, so Thesia is next in line for that one. Why don't you go ahead? Well, I was born in Tulsa. 
Uh, we moved to Venezuela briefly when I was a baby, moved back to Tulsa, moved to Southwest Oklahoma, then moved back up to Claremore, then moved to Alaska, then moved to Texas, and then moved to California, and now I'm back in Oklahoma. <laughs> and I've been here since 1994, so I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere in my entire life. Wow, you've, you've made quite the rounds there. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Carrie? So I grew up in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. And aside from being away for two semesters when I went to uh, East Tennessee State University in Johnson City, I have spent my entire life here um, with uh, about 14 of those years spent uh, living uh, in Old North Knoxville. And then two years ago, we came back out to the family property where my mom and dad and my brother and, and his wife are. Awesome. Mine's pretty easy. Uh, lived in the same county almost my entire life. Uh, it's like north central Kentucky. And uh, now I moved one county over uh, just uh, about a year or so ago. So, but it, it's kind of funny because I went from a place called Baghdad to now I live in Bethlehem. So stick with the <laughs> biblical city, you know? I don't know what it is. And uh, yeah. So haven't done a lot of moving. Uh, the only time I've really spent away was my redeployments. They were all to, you know, Iraq or whatever. And they're, about two or three years worth over there. But so it's all a little different stuff there. But that was about it. And here. Pretty well, Kentucky, your whole life then. Yep. So I I was actually born in Tennessee, uh, western Tennessee, a little town called Whiteville. Um, I'm not even sure exactly where that's at. I could probably find it on a map, but I only lived there for a year. And my family moved to South Georgia. I grew up most of my years there. Um, we did have a short stint in Illinois, Southern Illinois. Um, Nate and Aaron, y'all might know where Mount Vernon is. I lived there for 11 months. Um, we moved back to South Georgia, which is where I went through school. Ended up dropping out of high school there. Never graduated, but I'm getting ahead of my questions here. Um, lived there till I was almost 30 and then we moved to Kentucky, which is where my wife and I live at the current time. Nate, did you have something to say? No. I saw no you. I, okay. Okay. I, I know exactly where Mount Vernon is. We passed through that when we're, uh, when we're headed down to SRF, we go down to Tennessee. So we drive right through that. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a pass through place. Good spot on the, uh, on the interstate there. Got some good stops and all. Lost Hawkins there. Uh, the next question that I had is kind of your career and work history. And let's go counterclockwise on this. Carrie, do you want to start? Sure. Uh, Y'all ever have to do the thing where you fill out an application and they want to know everywhere you've worked? And you're like, oh, geez. I think that's my biggest motivation for never having to fill out an application again. And motivation to keep my own business because frankly i'm not, i'm not going to tell them i'm not going to i'm not going to try to figure all that out but uh i uh always sort of had that uh hustling spirit so i grew up um helping my mom with her businesses uh she did like landscaping in the summer months and then she had a house cleaning business in the off season and I would help her with that. I would also sometimes help dad at his motorcycle shop. And then by the time I was an adult, uh, worked at a family business 
uh, called Countryside Market, which was uh, basically like a produce shop slash deli and catering service that uh, that another family member started here down at the at the bottom portion of the property on the roadside. And that pretty much served as my high school job through part of college. And then after that, I worked at a security firm. I worked in various grocery stores. I worked jobs that I can't remember now. But the bulk of my so-called career life uh, was 15 years on an ambulance, um, which I happily left behind in uh, October of 2019, where I have since ran my own business with a couple of other short stints in W-2 jobs since then to make the bills. But it's pretty much been been Kerry doing his own thing for the last two and a half years. Hawkins, you want to jump in? Yeah, can I get the question again? I yeah, kind of I was just talking about kind of the career and work history, you know, from <clears throat> no, the first job you had kind of to where you're at now. Oh, man, that was like 14 working at, uh, oh, what was that, an Arby's. And then, you know, I, I had like 12 jobs before I was 16, I think, because I was going from every, you know, restaurant and place. Back then, I wasn't afraid to say, uh, I'm not doing that crap, you know. <laughs> They went to the to do the clean the nasty bathroom that's too nasty or you know stuff like that. I was just like I'm out. It's a, the jobs are a dime a dozen when you're that age. And then uh, military at 17, so that kind of it was National Guard, so it kind of kept me afloat. And then uh, I've been at my current job, which is a warehouse, driving forklift and stuff like that for about 15 years. Nothing crazy there. Military that gave, I gave me a lot of I guess my traits was uh I did uh, ground surveillance stuff where you're out in the field and you got to kind of, you got what you got and that's not, nothing else. And then communications. So, you know, that was pretty fun. And then uh, military police, it's kind of the same. You got to adapt to everything there. So good times with all those. Oh yeah. Thesia. Man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> When you move every two to four years for most of your life, it's like, well, let's see. Um, I got my first job at 13 as a waitress. And even the, the year before I went as a senior in high school, I had three jobs, picking tomatoes and two different waitress jobs. Um, I used to be manager of a jewelry store. I used to run a warehouse. Uh, I uh, worked at a machine shop. I ran a laundromat. Uh, I manager of a restaurant. Um, I don't know. Almost you name it, I've done it uh, in some form or, or another. Oh, I used to make trophies at a trophy shop. Oh, my gosh. Carrie mentioned one of them. I thought, oh, yeah, I've done that, too. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't remember. I've done a lot of stuff. I, it, but I'm, I'm one of those that that um, even, oh, I worked, I've worked in a bank a couple of times. I've always worked somewhere, even if I didn't actually have a job per se i guess i'm the right now I, I haven't had a job in a few years but i'm still the busiest unemployed person i know so i don't know I've, i i could probably do it i guess i don't know except maybe build things and work on cars i probably can't do that yeah i'm i'm a high school dropout uh quit with six months to go i was just done with the school thing uh, I've done everything from bagging groceries to maintenance at an ice rink to working at a trailer place, fixing trailers. Currently now I'm an automotive upfitter. 
So I'm the guy building dump trucks and service bodies and stuff like that, doing a lot of 12 volt electrical, uh, strobe lights, you know, stuff like that. Um, pretty much everything from a dump truck to it down to a squad car is what I do. So it's kind of fun. Um, I started at a library, putting books away, um, moved to a flower shop and then a company that, um, retail stores would get a hold of if we, they needed like plumbing issues and we would contact the plumber and get it out there. Um, uh, like a, a mailing center that we would like print all the labels and mail their, you know, everything out for them. Um, gosh, a concrete cutting company was the last real job. And then I, uh, officiated weddings for a while. I was a, a wedding officiate and I worked at a medical spa mm -hmm. doing facials and, and laser hair removal. And what do you do now? I'm a mom. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest job you've had yet, right? <laughs> Cheers to moms. <laughs> uh, well, y'all have had a lot more interesting jobs and I've had pretty well everything I've ever done has to do with construction in one form or another. Um, started out as a real little kid going to work with dad, uh, framing houses. It was my job to keep the job sites cleaned and make sure all the crew had nails and water and all of those things. Um, I think my first job while I was in school was at a cabinet shop. I worked there, I think one school year. And then the next summer I went to work for a vinyl siding company. And that was the last job I had in school, I think, other than going to work with dad again. Um, dropped out of high school and went to commercial construction for the company my dad worked for. So it's nice to have those connections. Um, and then we started doing interior trim work on the side. So we're doing commercial construction in the day and then going from that to doing interior trim. And after a couple of months, I said, enough of this crap. And I, I quit the commercial construction and started my own interior trim business and uh, stole all my dad's tools and the truck that he that, <laughs> that he had sitting in the house. And like, this is my business now. I'm doing this. Uh, 2008, that crashed. So I'm back to work for the same constru construction company that I'd been working for before. Only this time it was on their residential division instead of commercial. Ended up, uh, I think I worked there for four or five years and started my own business again, doing decks and kind of the handyman type thing that I'm doing to this day. So construction throughout all those years has, has been my career. The next question that that kind of leads into, which I don't have on the list that I put on Telegram today, but how has your experience or, or what, uh, for your, where you're moving in your life, career-wise, work-wise, lifestyle-wise, how has your work experience contributed to that? Is it um, tied directly to it, or is it a complete change for you guys? Or, or do you love where you're at would be my question. Uh, Hawkins, you want to start with that? Yeah, uh, I'm going to say I don't think anyone should really love where they're at. You should always be striving to make things better. So uh, the course I'm on, I do completely like and enjoy, and I'm happy where I am because I do believe I'm progressing. Uh, my, with the work, I've thought of this in the past. Like 
way before any of this kind of stuff. Uh, one job I did have, it was at like a blanking where it was giant sheets of metal stamping car doors and stuff. And I was still like a probationary employee and I learned how to run that giant two-story press. And, you know, I, I was just, you know, thought to myself and I drove a, a forklift that you literally had to climb a ladder up into. And this is when I was like 18, 19. And, you know, it's just kind of like you kind of get at some point you get that like looking back feeling and you're like, holy crap. I can't believe I ever was able, you know, because it's so intimidating at first. And it's like, well, heck, I learned how to do that. And then, you know, stuff doing stuff in the military, you know, it's like that on the job training. It kind of gave me that motivation of I can basically do whatever I want as long as I'm willing to learn it, if that makes sense. And I think that's the best attitude with any job, you know, because a lot of stuff does look very overwhelming at first. But, uh, you know, if someone's willing to teach you and you're willing to actually shut up and listen, you can learn all kinds of stuff. And it also showed me because I didn't have any like I graduated high school, barely, you know, I didn't ever go to college. I got, you know, military courses that are college equivalent or whatever. But, you know, it just kind of showed me that you don't need to go sit in a classroom to, to learn how to, to do stuff. You know, to build stuff, you need to actually go do stuff and build stuff. And that was a big motivation to me because I sucked at sitting in a classroom learning. But you give me hands on, I can I can knock it out, you know. So that, that's really kind of the big thing that's kind of pushed me forward and how I've been developing. Fortunately, I got, and, you know, my job I got now is driving a forklift. It was a, I learned, don't get me wrong, I've learned a lot because, like, I can drive that tractor like it doesn't need to be driven. You know, with that bucket and everything, I'm sitting there, you know, pulling those switches and levers and doing stuff that that 60 year old tractor doesn't need to do. But, you know, I, I, I'm very comfortable driving it and, you know, load, you know, when I got stuff on the forks of the load, you know, balancing and stuff, you know, you just kind of learn that as a, on the go. So those skills do develop uh, staying at my job for as long as I have. I've kind of got stagnant in some of that. I think that's why I do all the side projects I do now and try to have, I still got that earning to learn and do more. But so definitely, you know, every experience is something that can push you forward. So always look at it and treat it that way, I think. Barry, you want to go ahead? Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. And I can kind of see uh, how each role I played before now has helped get me here. Uh, EMS gives you, uh, if you don't learn, you know, people skills in EMS, you're doing something really wrong because 90% of the job is actually just talking to people and, and truly listening to them and, uh, and kind of having that service oriented mindset, which I, I definitely have. Uh, and since I've got, all those years under my belt, there's not too much that kind of ruffles my feathers. So I'm able to kind of take the long view of most things. Uh, but I mean, I'm, I'm not content to, uh, you know, to remain, uh, you know, exclusively in this, uh, in this kind of side hustle mode indefinitely. I need to be realistic about uh, um, getting older and, you know, making sure I can still, do work. I don't ever want to quit working, of course, but you know, not everything. I'm not, I'm probably not going to be able to labor as hard as I do now. Um, nor do I really want to, you know, in another, you know, 10, 20 years. So I'm trying to kind of figure out what my quote retirement plan is with retirement being, um, still being a very active and productive person who is bringing things of value to my community. So I don't exactly know what that looks like yet, but I am, you know, I ponder it every day. Uh, 
but as for as for the the aspects of of being uh, self-employed or running one's own business, I mean, there's really nothing that I've experienced that is more rewarding in on on a career path. It it has been the best, even when there's, uh, you know, kind of days like you know today turned into. I initially had um, you know a sizable amount of work lined up for today and Thursday, and the guy failed to let me know at the last minute, the customer that his plans changed and he didn't need me out and he needed to postpone. And uh, so that was a little irritating. So things like that. So it kind of starts making me think about if it's something kind of big, I might want to start like having a deposit put in or something like that. I didn't lay out any, uh, any material cost or anything like that. It was just a labor job, but still um, it was an amount of money that I was looking forward to putting in the bank account at the end of the week. So I have to kind of, figure that part out a little bit, not the end of the world, but just one more, one more thing learned and take into consideration. Uh, but yeah, even, even an aggravating day, um, running my own thing is, is better than, than the best day at any of those, uh, former places of employment. Um, I live in a state where it, they don't have to even give you a reason to fire you. And, uh, you know, you know like some states you have to get warns three times and, uh, and then they can fire you. And some companies are good about that, but others, you know, and it, sometimes it was for faults of my own. Other times it was not. But when you're a single mom having to worry about whether you're going to have a job tomorrow, uh, kind of weighed on me a few times. And uh, so I <clears throat> no, none of the jobs has kind of work toward me becoming a homesteader in any way, but, but I have always had work toward having, figuring out something for residual income. I would like to be a writer someday. I would like to, you know, that's part, part of the reason I became a YouTuber too, is so I can learn how to, I want to be, learn how to do more passive income, especially as I get older. And uh, I really enjoy being a homesteader and I really enjoy the work I do out here, but I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to do that. And, um, um, so, and, and as you can tell, none of my jobs had anything to do with animals, but, it, it, but I do get very deep satisfaction of taking care of my animals. And I, uh, I don't so much gardening. I have so many allergies that I, I have to admit mowing. I hate to mow <laughs> and I'm out in the middle of 40 acres. It's all mostly grass and everything. But, um, yeah, I think I like, I, I am here on this property because we own the property outright. I'm in this house cause we own it outright. And I'm doing the animals because if all else fails, I will have food and I don't have to worry about coming up with payments on anything else and uh, trying to try very hard to be as, as uh, debt free as possible. But working toward hopefully someday having some sort of residual income um, outside of Tom's retirement, you know, because he's. He, he's one of those that followed the rules his whole life. He has put away from 401k and he's done, uh, he's done a, a, a good job of doing that. But, you know, 08 hit, uh, uh, 2000, you know, for, uh, uh, was it Y2K hit? Several things have hit over the years that's really kind of devastated his retirement. And it's not looking like he's going to get to retire at all unless I get off my ass and figure out how to make some money. take that one first you start i forget what the question was all right so i mean with, with my work not a lot has 
help get where I'm at right now. I would say where I'm at right now has helped with work. Um, I've kind of hit a little bit of a plateau at work, so I want to learn different stuff, and this is kind of my outlet. Um, I can jump down, do, you know, do some random stuff here. Like, house electric scares the hell out of me. I will admit that. Well, I wired up the shed with electric. The only way I'm going to learn how to do it is do it myself. You know, I'm a 12-volt guy. I use easy stuff that's not going to kill me. Um, so I, you know, decided to, you know, I kind of figured that out and I could, you know, now do house. Um, a lot of my construction here that I've done from pile, piles of wood has helped. Um, you know, I hate, really hate to say it. I'm 37 years old, but I had a hard time reading a tape measure. So now I'm building stuff out of wood and that's helping me at work. So it's yeah it's just kind of the way it is i i i would say that has helped me more just getting kind of bored with work and being able to jump in and do some other stuff so what about you? i don't think any of my careers did anything um i've forgotten a lot of the skills i mean i used to like you know, be able to work on a computer and figure it out. And now I open up my laptop and if it doesn't work right, I walk away. Cause I have no idea even what any of it means. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, even know where I'm going with this, but yeah, it, it, they were just jobs. I mean, everything I do now is because I want to. Love it. That's awesome. I want to point out a couple of comments here. Brian said the house and the shed are the same thing, Nate, <laughs> as far as I see the house. Sorry. I meant 12 <laughs> volt at work. Um, <laughs> and, uh, well, you had said, you said, uh, house electric scares you. And then you said, but you wired up the shed. And Brian yeah. said the same thing. And then yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's, said one matters more if you burn it down though. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, uh, well, for sure. 120 has always worried me. Like I, don't like playing with it. I'm more of a, I'll play with 12 volt all day long. So I don't like uh, that. I, I was going to say some advice to Nate on that. Cause I mean, I don't remember. I, I've done, I was never really scared of doing it in the house a little bit, but I wired, you know, the entire building up and stuff. I was a lot more comfortable doing that in the building than I would be in the house. Cause if yeah. I screwed up, but I will say also, if you, as long as you got the electric turned off, you do all your wiring, you flip that breaker. If it doesn't flip off, you probably did it right. Yeah. You know, other than like, I mean, I might have had some spots where I just kind of put some things in until I put another socket in and I come back later and there might be some singe marks and stuff. But, you know, <laughs> you just check the points, you know, yeah. try to make sure it's not going to, you know, catch the curtains on fire. So stuff make, like that. Make sure there's no bare wire sticking yeah. out anywhere that somebody can yeah. brush into yeah. or touch no stuff sit on a stud or, or something. <laughs> I'm really good with that. I get electrician advice. I'm really good with that at work. Like I can run, you know, this big harness into a compartment of a service body and wire up, you know, 30 different strobe lights to a battery. And I'll know what every single wire is. And I'll be able to do that on cold circuits where I don't need to test it. Cause I know where everything's coming from, but it's just something about 120 has always scared me. So a lot more power in there. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, you get hit from that once, it, it makes you respect it. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, have, Nate, have you never been shocked by 120? I have once. Okay, I was going to say, it, it, I mean, I, I've been hit a couple times with it, and I mean, it didn't kill me, but yes, it does suck. I, yeah. I was going to say, it usually won't, you know, on a smaller amperage breaker. Just saying. Yeah, I haven't been hit. I, I, I got hit once, and I think that was when I was a kid. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Brian said, it's not that bad. About like the sheetrock, probably. <laughs> Didn't we all park a butter knife in a in a socket at some point as children? I mean, <laughs> mom and dad didn't have to put those little safety plugs in because I taught myself the lesson all on my own. Exactly. I surprisingly didn't get zapped when I did that. They had an in-the-wall heater, and I stuck a butter knife in and was wiggling it around, and sparks flew, and I ran into my mom like, I made fireworks. And she's like, what are you talking about? So I went back to show her again, and I quickly was told, no, don't do that. Now, every time I eat a meal at dad's, guess which butter knife I get? <laughs> the one <laughs> that, I, that I burned when I was three years old. <laughs> so my, uh, mine was one of those little AM radio kits that you build where you had to wind the uh, barrel. I, I took the uh, leads off of that instead of hooking them to a battery, stuffed them in the outlet of the house. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. Yep. So all the from you. Yes, yes. <laughs> my oldest son, when he was in a walker, kept trying to, you know how you're supposed to have those things to keep you from sticking things in the plug? That didn't matter. He was pulling plugs partially out and grabbing the 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 metal part of it. He'd zap himself and he'd cry, so I'd take him away from it, plug things back in, try to put, he'd find another one and pull it partially out and zap himself. It was like, well, I, I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for me, um, if my, my career has led me or if my future is going to look like my past did, I hope not. Like I enjoy construction, but I, it's not something that I want to do full time. Um, I do enjoy teaching. So that's, that's kind of one of the, one of the reasons why I started a podcast and, um, why I work with teens when I do is because I enjoy teaching, helping other people, also kind of create I, well i mean create a life that they also love to live not something that they go to a nine to five job where they hate absolutely you know want to kill themselves see that too many times and so i'm hoping my future includes more of that kind of a teaching aspect whether i somehow can grow the podcast and monetize that or whether that's something like a a skills academy um I don't know. I'm throwing a lot of stuff around there. Uh, Brian wants to know when I'm teaching him about construction. Hey, all you got to do is come to Kentucky. We'll teach you everything you want to know. Well, I mean, we'll teach you all that I know. So I guess you'd be here three, four hours at least. So I'm just throwing that out there. Um, Brian threw out the question earlier. He said, what would you tell your 18-year-old self? Let's go clockwise on this one, Nate, Aaron. Y'all want to start on that? Don't spend every single dollar you make. Um, That's a good travel one. more. Thesia, don't spend every dollar you make and travel more. I like both of those. I need to do those too. <laughs> I'm like, um, I, I have a lot more to say on that. <laughs> um, I'm from an era where we were taught to 
trust the men of the house and to and the men was the breadwinner and the women are supposed to stay home and take care of the children and all that other stuff and and that just didn't work in my home and because that's how I was raised you know dad made a good living and mom stayed home and raised us and uh, I, I couldn't get that to happen so I now I'm trying to teach Kenzie my granddaughter look take care of yourself, do what you've got to do to take care of you. And if you find the right man who wants to come along with you, then that's fine. But don't be counting on somebody else because it just kind of, when you rely on somebody else on something like that, one in one form or another, if they get hurt, if they get sick, if, if, you know, anything can happen where that tether that you have created and relied on can, can be yanked off of you. So I'm trying to, she's, she's 16. She doesn't want to listen. And I, I don't blame her, but yeah, when you go back to your 18 year old self and say, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't rely on them. Take care of yourself. Do what you've got to do to take care of you. Oh man. Um, I probably would have told my 18 year old self to study stoicism. I know we discussed it a few weeks back. Um, and I say that because that was a time in my life when I was letting my emotions jerk me around all over the place. And I made a lot of really ridiculous decisions because of those emotions. So I would have liked to have gotten a rein on my, uh, my mindset um, at that age had I, had I known that that was available to me if I'd, if I'd had that knowledge. I like it. I personally think all the mistakes I made are brought me to where I am. So, and a lot of things you can be told a thousand times and you're never going to learn it till you experience it. Like credit cards. I'll, I knew credit cards were the devil. I knew that, you know, once you get them, you're going to get in a lot of trouble. It's going to screw your stuff up. But until I got them and screwed myself up and got myself out of that hole, it, it was a lesson I never would have learned. You know, and that's just one example of probably thousands. Uh, if I could convince myself to do one thing, it would be open our Roth IRA at the age of, you know, 18, throw five or 10% in there and don't ever think about it. Cause you know, once that money's spent and gone, it's spent and gone. It just would doing that. Something like that early is not going to affect your life or change it that much, but it, it, it can totally set you up totally when you get older, a whole lot different. But uh, as far as any other advice, I just don't see, even if I, like, you know, if you had the time machine scenario and you went back and said, Hey, you, you know, it's stressed as much, you're not going to listen to yourself even, you know? So, so I just believe a lot of lessons are got to be learned, I guess, until you get the wisdom to learn from others. That's a, to me, that's almost like a learned skill is to be able to take advice and learn things through other people's mistakes. It's something you almost have to grow and learn as your on your own. If that kind of makes sense to everybody. Yeah, totally does. Totally does. Um, a lot of people say, uh, Shoot, I can't can't remember exactly how that saying goes. You, wisdom comes from experience, which comes from screwing things up. Which, so you screw things up, you get the experience, get the wisdom, so that you can not screw things up. But I like to look at it as you know, your wisdom actually comes from reflecting on the experience from the mistakes. So if you can observe other people's mistakes and reflect on that, then you can avoid the mistakes. I try that. I don't always fail. I don't always do that. And that plays right into what I tell my 18 year old self is don't be afraid to screw up. Like don't play it safe. Just go try things. If you feel like experiencing something, go do it. 
you're 18 or 19 or 25 or heck I'm 35 right now. Go try something. Like it it doesn't matter that much. You're you're not going to what what's the worst that can happen? You have to go get a job to to support yourself again. I mean, how hard is that right now? If you want a job, you can probably go find a job. And all of us here are skilled enough that we could easily find a job doing something. And most everybody, if they really want to try, could easily um, find something to do to support themselves. So I would tell my 18-year-old self, just go try something. Just go do it. Learn everything you want that you're interested in. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't play it safe. That's where I would go with that. Brian said, "Hey, dumbass, buy a Bitcoin in 2012." <laughs> uh, oh, he was he was 18 and 96, so then then he'd have to wonder about it for 15 years. If you could tell your 18 year old self that, you probably would have invented it, Brian. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, I think one of the things is raising kids. You need to remember that they are also going through. They need to experience everything, and I can't make them not experience all this stuff just to avoid these mistakes that they probably need to make. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's hard. Yeah. Unfortunately, the wisdom to learn from other people's mistakes, like Hawkins said, comes after you've made enough mistakes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so when, when you're 12, 13, 18, you're like, I know better. Y'all are stupid. Y'all are old boomers or whatever you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. The, the next question was um, location level and if that helped get to where you at. I think most of us touched on that. Several of us are high school dropouts. Um, is, does anybody, has anybody gone beyond high school degree or diploma? I mean, I, I went to um, aesthetic school to become an esthetician. Um, that helped me work at a medical spa and I learned things that way. But in college, I took floral arranging in a class about I Love Lucy. So that didn't really <laughs> help me much in life. <laughs> There's a college class about I Love Lucy? Yes, there was. Wow. It was actually really interesting. That is that is interesting. <laughs> uh, Thesia, how about you? You look like you had something yeah. to say. Yeah, I, I when I was in California, I was taking acting classes and I was trying I was trying to work towards uh, some sort of degree in, in uh, uh, college there. And then when I moved back to Claremore, it took me five years, but I got a two year degree in um, psychology with a, a, a minor in English. Um, algebra was my downfall. It was so bad. So, yeah, I got a two year degree. And what did I do with my degree? I went and worked in a laundromat. <laughs> it helped, right? You needed that English and, and the uh, psychology. <laughs> uh, how about you, Carrie? Yeah, so I went to a university straight out of high school um, because I was sort of just told that's what I was supposed to do. I was an age where I didn't really know the difference between what I wanted to do and just doing what, you know, what I felt I was being pointed towards. Uh, and I was a mass communications major. I was on the, uh, the journalism, uh, staff, the newspaper staff in high school. And I thought I wanted to be a writer. Um, that's, that's kind of what I was into. And it only took one year of pointless, uh, you know, the, the core classes that they tell you have to take to realize that I was, um, wasting money. 
Um, and that was money that my great grandparents had saved for us, for us kids to go to school. And I didn't want to waste any more of it. Um, so yeah, I did one year and I came back and I tooled around for a year. Uh, 9-11 happened while I was in college. And so that kind of is what steered me towards EMS. So I went over to Roan State Community College and did the three semesters in order to earn that certification. And it's, it's not a degree program. I think it might be now, but back then it was basically just, just a certification uh, in order to test for your license. And uh, that, I mean, that did serve me well. And that I, that worked for me at the time because every class had a point. Everything was directly related to the work. Although, as I would later find out, there was a whole lot that um, they don't teach you in school um, that might be good to know <laughs> working working in EMS. There was for for EMTs at the time for EMT basics. There was no course in uh, geriatric care. There was no course in mental health care, and that right there is the bread and butter of what people on ambulances do, is is older folks being transferred between facilities and um, and a whole lot of mental health cases. So, uh, but it, you know, it, it set me up and it took care of business for me. So, uh, but I, I know people who love going back to school, love going to school for all kinds of stuff. And you can't get my ass in a, in a classroom. Now I can't hardly sit still in this seat right now. I think I'm at the pull of John Willis and stand up while we're doing the live stream because, uh, you know, if, if I'm sitting, it turns into laying down and then it turns into going to sleep. So classrooms, not really my thing. You want to go ahead, Hawkins, or? No, oh, I, 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 I didn't have anything. I mean, I made it through high school. Uh, but my, I, mean, I, made it through, I made it through high school, but they literally, like, just had me graduate. Uh, I had dyslexia, and, or I still got it, and stuff like that really bad. So my my reading and writing was terrible. They they literally just – every other class I, I aced. I mean, I was – yeah, that was the only class I ever failed was uh, my – uh, what is it, English for or whatever? But yeah, they're like, we gotta get this guy out of here because he's too much of a hassle. Because I even way back then, I was one of those to question everyone's authority. I was like, how the hell do you have authority over me? I was like, this isn't right. You know, I called the school board, school board over smoking because I was 18 and I was in between the vocational school and the high school smoking a cigarette. Teacher came through and said, you're wrote up, and they wrote me up for smoking. I'm like, I'm effing 18. I was like, this is BS. And uh, I called the school board and cussed them out. They're like, well, you're a student. So I was like, so being a student takes away my rights. And there, and uh, actually now I've heard that's not the case, you know, because teachers could smoke on, you know, on school land or whatever. So that's how it should have been even back then. But like I said, I was I was one of those not to just take authority BS sitting down back then. I just kind of found my group nowadays. <laughs> but uh, mm -hmm. as far as college, I tested for college to get in and did the CLEP test and stuff because I had the military money to go. And then they, uh, my work at the time offered me a job full time. And I was like, I'll take that money makes more sense and real life experience. So I don't regret it because I don't think it, I can't see any time it would ever help me because unless it was, you know, those hard skills, like if I'd taken a welding course or woodworking course, you know, those kind of things would have been a lot more or electrician course. Like it sounds like me and Nate need to get the other and take, you know, so I think well, we just, can we do that? I, maybe. 
I'm just glad I'm not the only one who was sitting at Smoker's Corner getting in trouble all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, a lot of teachers didn't mess with me because they knew I, I had my comebacks were too relevant and uh, made them question their own thoughts, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, yep. when you go to the principal and he tells you you said a bad word and you're going to get wrote up. And I said, give me the list of bad words. And he's like, <laughs> we don't have one. I said, well, how do I know not what to say? <laughs> you know, and yeah, it just it just made him it made him even more infuriating. I'm like, how, you're enforcing a rule that's so subjective. I don't know how to not break it. Oh yeah, but, <laughs> I, I have a feeling you and I would not last long in today's schools. That's for sure. No, especially <laughs> now that I found out what this was. I wasn't even considered an anarchist back then, but yeah, because back then, you know, it was what was it? L, uh, SLC punk or something was the yep. anarchist yep. today, and that, that's not at all what it means. Two days before I was supposed to graduate high school, my little sister and I got into a knockdown, drag out, busted lips fight right there in front of the high school. And the principal goes, you realize if I suspend you, you won't be able to graduate. And I went, oh, <laughs> so thank God he didn't suspend me and I got to graduate. <laughs> I was going to say on that note, you know how many yeah, times I, I was told that you're not going to graduate? But I said, really, I'm not going to. And what they meant was you're not going to be able to walk across that stage. And I was like, if I don't walk across that stage, do I still have my high school diploma? They're like, well, yeah. I said, well, why the fuck does that matter then? I said, I don't need you to do your stupid little rules. You know, and they, like I said, they would just get so mad about that because I was like, I got your little piece of paper that says I needed it for, you know, to stay in the military. And uh, I was like, I, I got what I need from you. Just go away. You have no power here. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I also did not graduate. I think it was Nate who said he didn't didn't graduate high school. I did end up getting a diploma or a um, general a GED a couple years later. Um, but I I was just so bored with what I was learning in high school. I mean, I, I love to learn. I've I've read probably a hundred books a year at the time. It seemed like I was always in a couple different books, and I loved learning. It was just the stuff they were trying to teach me was pointless. And so I was like, I wasn't doing any of the work. I hated it. So I ended up dropping out of high school and I've done quite a few courses and all kinds of stuff since then. I'm always reading books and taking courses and trying to further my actual education or further education that will actually benefit me down the road. Cause I, I love learning and, and all of that, but not, pointless stuff like carrie said all those all those courses that you know what's the point of this is just uh i don't even know what they call it i never went to never went to college but i like learning just not stuff that i have no idea what the point of it is <laughs> um hawkins you you mentioned something that's that's the next question i think most of us here identify as kind of anarchist or voluntarist or whatever you want to call it what led you there? What what got you started there? And since you brought it up, Hawkins, I'll let you lead off with it. <laughs> oh, God, the journey to the anarchist. Uh, uh, I guess the biggest thing was uh, just nothing made sense. You know, the, the BS of the world, this is the way it is, and this is how it is. And, of course, you know, listen to Jack over the years. Because, like I said, when I was a kid, the, what it actually means is not what they taught us. And even uh, I've Googled it recently. It does not even say, you know, you know, like no anarchy, no archy. 
no rulers. That's the root of the word, right? If I, when I Googled it, it doesn't say that. It says extremist groups and this, that, government hating and all. It's not really government hating. It's government not wanting. You know, it's this. It was it was a long, you know, and I did the libertarian path. So I was like, okay, yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. That's only because I didn't know about being an anarchist at the time. And, you know, so as I learned about these more freedom ways and leaving the, leaving people alone and letting them do what the hell they want. You know, like I said, it's always it seems like it's been in my the root of my being for a long time is, you know, well, why do they have to do what I want them to do when what they're doing isn't bothering me or anyone else? And it's not hurting the planet. It's not hurting other people still in pro you know, that kind of stuff. It just to me, it just makes so much sense. And the way I look at it, too, with the philosophy, it to me, it's to me, it's almost like a religion. You know, I'm not really religious or anything. But to me, it's like a religion. That's what I want. That's what I strive to be, you know, and that's what I want the world to be. But it's to me, that's perfection. You know, when we have a true anarchy, everyone voluntary association, but we, we're probably never going to get there. You know, we can just make strides and take steps throughout our own personal lives to get there and try to help other people get there, too. If that makes sense. And, uh, yeah, it was a long path. And I think a lot of it, you know, like I said, it just has a lot of negative stigma to it. I mean, I had, I had a picture of my flagpole flying this and it got taken off TikTok. And, you know, for uh, extremists and uh, radical views or something that said it was like a 15 second clip of it flying on a flagpole. And I was inciting violence and, you know, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. But it does have such a stigma to it. But when you really learn and that's why the new name, you know, calling it voluntarist to me, it makes a lot more sense in some ways because it's like, how can you hate someone who just wants voluntary association between people? You know, it, it, it doesn't have the negative connotation yet. I mean, give them time. They'll destroy that, too. They'll change the word voluntary to mean that you hate puppy kittens and babies and stuff or something. But that was kind of my path. It was just uh, finding out the true meaning of things and really thinking of what I want, you know. And there's days that I question my own because I do think the only way I like laws, you know, people that drive stupid, I think should be taken out of their car beaten to death. But that's a whole different story. You know, it's like sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, maybe we do need it. But if everyone was actually a responsible human being and, you know, valued other people's lives like they should, that's the problem. We don't have a society that's smart or responsible enough to be true anarchists. And I think that's the biggest problem that we have. You know, and that's why I see it like a religion. It's something to strive for and it's our goal. But I don't know if we'll, I don't think we'll ever get there, you know. Here, you want to go roll with the next one? Sure. Man, that's been a that's been a winding road. Uh, so you know, I my my family's background is really mixed in terms of political opinions. I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't really ask my parents who they vote for or if they even still vote, but I think they kind of, um, I, th I think they've jumped back and forth between parties and such. Uh, but probably more or less, you know, conservative leaning with generally a, uh, a live and let live kind of attitude. So that was pretty much what I was exposed to growing up. And I, by the time I was old enough to vote, you know, this was when, uh, you know, American imperialism was really starting to 
to take off, you know, the, the wars overseas, well, I should say the wars in Iraq and whatnot. And so I was kind of following all this stuff with the, you know, the post nine 11 era where I felt very uh, patriotic for some reason. It was now I know it was programming. Like I understand that now, but at the time I just was kind of following like this, um, you know, yay America uh, kind of vibe. And even even went so far as to uh, go from, you know, Bush is trying really hard to um, looking at Bernie Sanders and being like, well, that kind of makes sense. And so I went from that side to the other. And by 2016 was fully in the realm of, oh, this is all bullshit. I see it now. I see the manipulation. I see the two candidates we're being presented with. And my my last, uh, you know, middle finger to the system was to vote for Gary Johnson in 2016. As as useless as I recognize that action being, I, I did it. And then even then I was like, I'm pretty sure this is the last election I'll ever vote in. And I will never waste another minute of my time walking down there um, to to uh, to tally my vote, which may or may not even get counted at this point. So, uh, yeah, I. Like I said, I've been all over the spectrum. Um, these days, I am uh, full on basically what Hawkins was describing, like voluntarist. Yes, because trying to describe anarchy makes people's heads explode. And with with the with the caveat being that I'm not, I do not have a utopian mindset. I don't think we're ever going to get there. Um, I, I don't think we're going to have a, uh, uh, I think we, I think we can create our own sort of quote utopia the way we do on this show, the way we do by getting together in events and helping each other out and having GSD days and stuff like that. We can, we can do it on a small scale. It's not going to happen nationally or globally, but I think everybody has the ability to create that for themselves. Um, so I, yeah, I have, I have at this point landed on, um, you know, I'm in charge of me and only me. And if I decide to vote for somebody, that is my way of saying, I give this person permission to make decisions on my behalf. And I don't feel like anybody else can know my interest. And really the only person I would trust to make a decision on my behalf would be my wife. Um, and I just, I, I've gotten to the point where I feel remarkably, um, confident in that. And I don't think I could ever waver from that again. Uh, that said, I'm always, I'm always willing to, to grow and to listen, but, uh, any, anything that stinks of lies or coercion or fear mongering is just very abhorrent to me. And I, and I steer far, far away. So, uh, I, I, I guess, uh, I guess that's where I am. I know it, you know, the average person, it really weirds them out. <laughs> and, and I don't, you know, I don't really flag wave about it either. I just, if people eventually they get to know me, they kind of figure that out about me. But, uh, you know, also I, 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 I just don't give a, a flip about it either. I mean, you can, everybody can have their opinion. Um, I, I like to try to let my, my character show through. I'm somebody who likes to help people and take care of things. And, um, if that's not good enough for folks because of the fact that I don't think the government is a legitimate entity to coordinate people's lives, then I guess we'll agree to disagree.
It was kind of really cool to listen to what you guys had to say because I agreed with so much of it. Um, I think when I was about 13, I had decided that I wanted freedom in one form or another. Uh, my my mother was kind of a is is kind of a tyrant, and dad was always busy working and stuff. And I just wanted some freedom. And I remember even telling my dad that at one time that I wanted to live a freedom life. And of course, he quoted that song, "Freedom's just another word with nothing left to lose." And I've always pondered on that. And even recently, I was pondering that. And I'm thinking. I've got more freedom now than I've ever had in my life on my property doing what I want to do. And I don't feel like I've lost anything and I don't feel like I'm losing anything. I feel like I'm just continuing to gain. So I, I think I would, would disagree with those, with those lyrics in that form and wish that I had followed up on that years ago. And I'll be perfectly honest, too, when it comes to the anarchy of freedom mindset and all that other stuff, I was too busy trying to raise kids and do things. I didn't have time to think about it. And so it's only been the last few years that I've actually started paying attention to politics and what's going on in the world and all that other stuff. I was working in the machine shop when 9-11 happened. And I, only, I have, you know, when you learn something for the first time, you kind of surprise yourself with your reaction. And I had gone into the office to get another cup of coffee and it was blaring on the radio. And I remember getting really pissed off going, son of a bitch. I knew somebody was going to get us on our territory one these days. And here it is. And then I went back to work, you know. So, but I don't, I, even now, I don't even know why I had that thought. But um, then as I just started uh, trying to develop my own freedom here on this property stuff and, and you know, trying to figure out the laws, you know, can I sell turkey to people? What, what do I have to do to be able to sell chickens to people and, and all that other stuff? It's like, you know, I have to admit, I've kind of shunned all that. I'm just producing for myself. I'd like to be able to, to produce for other people, but I don't butcher my own, my own products and the, where my stuff is processed is in another state. So that would not, and so I can't just go on Facebook or somebody going, Hey, you know, I've got I've got 10 turkeys I'd like to sell you, but I can't really technically sell it to you. So we can't do that, you know. Uh, so I think I'm still wrestling with the freedom and the anarchy and the leave me alone or let me do my thing and, and all that other stuff. Uh, and politically, I've always my adult life going, why are we voting for the lesser two evils? How did the these two people get there in the first place if we have all these runoffs and you know primaries and all that other stuff how did these two get there and why are these my choices and why couldn't i vote for whomever i wanted to and i'm struggling now you know part of me goes it's my duty to vote i'm going part of me's other going yeah do you feel like your vote counted last time you know i i even at my age and in everything that i've seen in my life i I'm still in that journey. I'm still struggling to learn where I fit, what what fits with my frame of mind and what I want for my future and what I want for for my life. All right, so I'm going to go down a rabbit hole on this one. Um, Aaron and I are kind of not the same on this. Um I was always the guy, get out and vote, get out and vote. I don't give a shit who you vote for. You need to go vote. There is a reason why we have these elections and you can make a difference. Well, January 20th, 2021, here's a quote I put up on Facebook. 
so glad the church of the state can meet at their temple and partake in the ritual of passing the torch. I have no longer voted in an election since the 2019 election. I was the guy, get out and vote, get out and vote. And I completely missed the libertarian movement. And now it's fuck you all. So, um, but I'll, uh, I'll let Aaron take up hers. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't make it dramatic. I mean, it's not like we argue about it. Right. Um, but I mean, my whole life, I always wanted to just follow the rules, keep my head down. Don't bother me. Don't talk to me. Don't ask me to do anything. And it, it kind of is back to that where it's like, just leave me alone. But I went through like, I mean, when you told me you were going to stop voting, it was like, what? Mm -hmm. Like, how can you stop voting? Like, you can't complain unless you vote. And now it's like, well, it, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with that right now because it's like our, you know, our governor is coming up and it's like, man, I want it to change, but really, why does it matter? It, you know, I want to stay in my little bubble in my backyard and not worry about it. And just um, all these new words, like I'm still trying to process agorism and that doesn't even seem to be relevant. Like no one even talks about that anymore. And I'm still like three years behind. Mm -hmm. And then anarchists, you know, going to school, those, those people were bad. Like they were scary and they started the riots and now it's like, oh, it's just someone who's gardening and, you know, not wanting to be bothered. And now volunteerism, it's like, what the heck is that? Like, I, I have no idea what I am. I just know that I'm just in my backyard gardening and selling my illegal chickens because it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, so. we, we sold our, we sold our processing chickens as, you know, come learn how to make a chicken dinner and then take it home and do it. Yep. And we didn't get arrested. So. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Nobody showed up yet. So I will, it's, it's been an interesting ride for both of us. Um, there are still some things I will play the rules with when it comes to my concealed carry. And when it comes to ham radio, honestly, that's where I play the rules because I want to be in that space. You know, I, I got to do that. So, but pretty much everything else is no, leave me alone. Let me choose who I can work with. I don't want to deal with anybody. Yeah, I get that. I was probably kind of like Aaron in that I was kind of a rule follower and to some extent I still am in that I like systems and I like um, having a having things that make sense so if, if the rules I'm not going to follow a rule just because it's a rule but if it's something that makes sense I'm happy with that because you know I'm staying in my lane and I I've always kind of, I guess that's my personality style is, is to be systematic and, and do things that make sense and, and be logical. I think it was probably around, I think some of you others mentioned 9-11 when, when all that happened and all of the uh, patriotism woke back up in America and everything is, yeah, let's go put a boot in their ass. However that song says. And, 
And, you know, I grew up in church and I'm sitting here, this patriotic spirit is coming into, into what's supposed to be a forgiving, giving body of people. And we're all like, yeah, we need to go over and kill those brown people that bombed us. I'm like, wait, this is not making any sense. Okay, I, like what's going on here? Well, then 2008, the Antichrist became president. And so that that set up a whole nother thing. <laughs> I mean, literally people were saying that. And so I was out in 2000, uh, 2010. I was finally old enough to vote. And I went in and I started checking boxes. Everyone that had an R beside it, I didn't know the names. And I got done there, got my little participation trophy and walked out to my truck. And I sat there. I literally came out of the election or yeah, the, the voting booth sat in my truck and was like, what the heck did I just do? This is absolutely stupid. I don't know anybody I voted for. I got my little sticker. I'm not showing that to anybody. Like I'm never voting again. This is stupid. Like nothing about any of that made any sense with who I am as a Christian. It, it just, it didn't make sense. So that set me off on a journey to figure out, what actually lined up with biblical Christian values that I claim to, to embody. And eventually I found um, people like Adam Kokesh who talk about voluntarism. I'm like, what's voluntarism? So go down that rabbit hole. I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. You know, do your own stuff, leave people alone. Don't hurt them. Don't take their stuff. I, I like it. That, that makes a lot of sense. I that three well lines up with biblical values that, that I want to embody. So that's, that's kind of where I've been and how I've tried to live for the, since I found that about 10, 12 years ago, even though it's taken a few twists and turns and I've grown and learned a lot within that, but that's kind of my journey from diehard, I guess, Republican, because that was how I was um, brainwashed into being to like, I don't want nothing to do with any of y'all. If you want to be a politician, you first got to jump off a cliff. And if you survive, we might let you, you know, rule over us or something. And that's kind of where I'm at now. So if that makes any sense. That That's the last of the, uh, the questions that I had on the list. And we are at an hour and 10 minutes. Is there anything else you guys thought of or think of or want to discuss? And uh, Brian's got a good one in there. I, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I really want to answer it. <laughs> Which one? one? Any trinkets? Yeah, the that trinkets one. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's go for it. Since you brought it up, let's uh, let's talk about that. Do you have any trinkets or things you have saved since childhood? I know I'm not going to live this down, but I'm going to say it anyway. I still have my baby blanket from when I was like six months old. That is awesome. <laughs> I have a little, a little plastic dog that's white and pink named Stitches from when I fell on a manhole and cracked my head open from when I was, I don't know, preschool. I have a box that I have kept specific baby items in from both of my boys. And I, in all my moves, this box has been with me everywhere. And it also has like all my uh, track and field ribbons and stuff and old report cards and all that other stuff that I, 
that I have kept with me and I don't add too much to it, but I sure do have, I, well, when I thought I was going to, was going to be doing a, a PowerPoint presentation, I was going through all my stuff to come up with old pictures and stuff. And, uh, you know, you can tell your family, yeah, I used to do stuff in track. And then they found my zippered up thing full of all my ribbons and my husband and my granddaughter going, Whoa. But then they started laughing because some of my blue ribbons was like in the three-legged race and the sack race and stuff like that. <laughs> but, you know, but I do. I have that special box. I've got a glow arm. <laughs> Where is that? It's got to be in there. It's on my How long desk. have you had that? I, this, I had to have had this since probably being five or six years old. Um, and it it was because it sits on my desk it was easy to to recall but um what was funny is i had to come in the shop after dark one night um to grab something and just about scared the shit out of myself because there it was glo still glowing i mean the thing's got to be 30 years old glowing glowing on my desk i like glow in the dark stuff it's kind of like a, a thing for me i've got the 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 planets uh over top of me over top of my uh my work area here but yeah, I've got a glow worm and then um, the other, my other kind of thing that I'll keep forever is a little um, stuffed animal, a little snow leopard about five inches tall um, named uh, Snowy. And uh, he's special because I remember my grandmother had to sew his tail back on more than once because I would carry him and, you know, mess with his tail. And I remember his tail came out. And when I was a kid, that Snowy was real. I mean, he was I mean, he still sits beside my bed. He was, he had a personality. He, you know, I talked to him, he talked back and all that. So Snowy is kind of the, kind of, kind of a big thing for me. I'm a glow worm. <laughs> I, my, my youngest son may still have his. Yeah. My kids play with my glow worm. <laughs> awesome. Look, I feel like should, I'm missing out. Back. I never had one. <laughs> Except yours is like a big one. Yeah, a big fuzzy one. Yeah, yeah. I'm a pack rat that doesn't throw anything away, so I keep. I, I mean, I got. I still got t-shirts that I wear from high school. I was. I was a big kid in high school too, so you know, didn't have to worry about that. But yeah, I got. A, I even got like because uh, back in the day, I take VCRs apart, make take the motors out, and make little fans and stuff with them and stuff. I got like drawers and boxes full of those kind of trinkets and things that I've made over the years. Uh, I did want to say something real quick though, because Nate got to read a quote. I got a, I got something I wrote down, and I mean, this is three and a half years ago I wrote this because it kind of goes back to the anarchist thing and the government thing, and it it, it kind of fits in. It's not the perfect quote, but it works good. It says the only thing I hate more than government is stupid people because they make us believe that government is necessary, and that kind of goes back to where we you know we need a really responsible society to not need government because you know every time you're like. You, know, you bring it up to somebody, my wife, you know, or my wife, I'll tell her about anarchist and being an anarchist. Well, what if someone does this? Like, well, they're that's exactly they're doing something stupid. They're not being smart. But yeah, I just thought it was funny that I actually had that quote, and that's from three and a half, almost four years ago. <laughs> so, I think the only things that I have from childhood that I remember are a couple of stuffed animals. Um, one was a great big old stuffed puppy. It was, I mean, it was probably two feet long, gray with black ears, <laughs> and big floppy ears. I loved that thing. And the other one was a little, I don't know, maybe eight inches tall, a uh, little yellow teddy bear with a pink vest and bow tie. 
and I passed it on to my niece for safekeeping here about two years ago, and I was uh, heartbroken when she cut the bow off of it. So, <laughs> luckily, my sister was able to sew it back on, so he is still salvageable. But those are those are my two trinkets from childhood. <laughs> it is amazing how we have stuff from our childhood and we give them to our children, and within the month. They're broken. It's like yeah. this lasted 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wasn't that your your mom's Barbie? Yes, my mom's Barbie what is here yeah. right oh, now. No. She like, yeah. <laughs> she lasted a long time. Wow, that that could be worth some money if being if it was your mom. Until it got to my what? second, my yeah. second child. Yeah, second wow. child. <laughs> my granddaughter still has a stuffed dog that I accidentally ruined it when uh, we washed it and then I threw it in the dryer and the eyes got all scraped off and stuff, but she still has that stuffed dog. Uh, Brian's got, got all the great comments over there. Now the channel is going to get banned talking about glowworms and kids. I, I never had a know what that is. I, the only thing I remember um, figurine wise as a kid was uh, Burger King had this thing it was Kidvid was their action figure, I think. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't I remember what it. Oh, yeah. I just found my hair. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. And the, they, apparently the, they still the make little, uh, My mom got hair uh, for the kids. They you, love them. You guys remember the little pocket pets? Yep. Any of you guys have those? I never had those. It's the keychain where you had to, uh, a little animal inside of it. You had to keep it fed, you know, clean up after. I got Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. Yeah, Tamagotchi. That's what it is. Yeah. Yes. I thought people who had those were freaking oh. idiots. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we live and learn. To feed it, and that it's always going to go to sleep when you want to play with it. Yeah. It's kind of uh, like a real dog. Yeah. <laughs> hey, may, may, maybe awesome. my maybe my nerdism was showing up a little early. <laughs> Yeah. Well, guys, anything else you, you want to discuss or or any, anything else before we sign off for the night? All good? Okay. Uh, starting with Hawkins, why don't we go around and say who we are and where people can find out more about us? I'm Hawkins uh, with Chicken Hawk Farmstead. Got my YouTube. Uh, I'm on most social medias, Instagram. I'm on the Tiki Talks now. Uh do a lot of DIY stuff, uh, tool reviews when I can, Harbor Freight videos, uh, farm setting stuff. Got some pretty cool videos coming up. We did a continuous flow worm bin project with me and the wife, and uh, we didn't really argue that much. I mean, we got it done, and it turned out pretty good once I realized what her vision was. So definitely look forward to that coming. And, and once again, that's on YouTube with a Chicken Hawk Farmstead. My turn. Okay. Yeah. Carrie, strong reach resources. I help design homesteads and stuff. Uh, and uh, I'll never mention the name of our homestead, but it's Bluebird Hill. So Bluebird Hill homestead out here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, a lot of times if you're seeing photos of stuff on, on the, uh, the Instagram, it's, it's animals and plants and bugs and whatever oddities I can find when I'm out and about on the walks. And uh, yeah, that's what we're up to. Just, Starting to get ready for fall. Trees are turning. It's looking pretty. It's nice. You can breathe when you go outside again. So, good times. 
<clears throat> excuse me, Ellis Family Farms uh, is my YouTube channel, and uh, I have the Instagram and and uh, uh, I do TikTok. I don't do as many TikToks as I should. I try to. I, I do an occasional TikTok of something that's happening on the farm, but most of mine are because I collect quotes and, and uh, um, uh, scriptures. I do a little little blurb um, with those, but most of the time I just do the YouTube channel. Oh, and when I do have the Farm Animal Life uh, YouTube channel too, which is just I just put a camera in with whatever animal I want to watch today, whether it's baby chicks or the pigs or something like that. And that's farm animal life and Ellis family farms. Uh, well, we are not the two chicks, but we are the two chicks homestead. <laughs> um, we are on uh, all the uh, stuff. everything. Yeah, um, except for me. Yeah. Not me. We, but um, TikTok, and we're eventually going to do YouTube, but not yet, but we're on Facebook uh, we've got an Etsy store up now with Comfrey Sav and Rabbit Foot Keychains. Um, it's linked through our website, twochickshomestead.com, and we have a weekly podcast that comes out Wednesday nights. Yep. Awesome. I'm Ken from the Constructive Liberty Podcast. That is a lifestyle design podcast. I am interested in a heck of a lot of different things, and that's kind of what I talk about. And I talk about what I'm interested in and how I'm using that to create the life I want to live. And if you like those things too, great. If not, no worries. Not everything's for everybody. So you can find that at constructivelibertypodcast.com. With that, this has been Fireside Freedom Podcast. Check back in next Tuesday night at seven o'clock for the live stream. Y'all have a great night, everybody. <laughs>